0: Well, I just want to um, say again how grateful I am to my friend Beth, who gave us those uh, videos with the songs on them. I think um, they are definitely um, a positive thing, and uh, I'm really excited that we have them. So uh, it makes me uh, it makes me smile just a little bit every time we sing because I know that they're a gift from someone who is a dear friend. So uh, our scripture this morning is found in 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 42 to 44, and then also in John chapter 6 verses 1 to 13. And then of course we also always start out with our key verse. And I am going to ask you to stand this morning. Once you find it, you could stand. John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life." 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 42 to 44. A man came from Baal-shalahshah bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain along with some heads of new grain. "Give it to the people to eat," Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant asked. But Elisha answered, Give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. And then if you will flip over, I have a bookmark, so it's going to be fast for me. But if you would flip over to John chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Therese, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. And how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Let us pray. Hide me behind your cross, Lord Jesus. Articulate the Father's heart through my voice and let the Holy Spirit breathe new life into all of us opening our ears to hear the message of God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I hope you could see the parallels between the two <clears throat> passages of Scripture. This story in Elisha, uh, in Second Kings, which happens with Elisha way back in the Old Testament, uh, is a foreshadowing of what Jesus will later do, In Galilee. It is an interesting way to look at Elisha and Jesus. Elisha, who is a prophet of God and who has been called to tell the people that they are not following God very well, in 2 Kings, he follows after Elijah. Elijah, who we talked about last week when we talked about 1 Kings, Elijah, who had called down a famine on the country. Elijah, who had prayed and then God brought rain. Elijah, who came before Elisha. When Elijah was called to heaven, Elisha asked for nothing more than a double portion of what Elijah had in God's spirit. And God gave it to him. When we look at Jesus, who is God's son, Jesus followed John the Baptist, who was called Elijah by the people. They were trying to figure out who John the Baptist was, and so they were often calling him by the wrong name. They also called Jesus many other names as well. But Elisha was able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to do many miracles. And Jesus was able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to do many miracles. Elisha, not only in this story, he feeds a hundred people with uh, just a handful of barley bread, and has kind of the same question put to him. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant says. And Elisha tells them to go ahead and give it to them. And they ate, and there were some left over. In the story that we hear, we read about Jesus, that John tells us, John who was present at the moment, we read that Jesus sort of said, we got to feed these people. They've come all this way. They're sitting here spending, <laughs> spending all this time together with us. We probably should feed him. And uh and I I love I love the way Philip answers him because it's kind of like sometimes how I answer God. God Philip's like, are you out of your ever loving mind? Uh do you see how many people are here? Do you see what we have in our wallet? We do not have enough money to buy even enough bread for everybody that's sitting out here to take a single bite. And Jesus is like, slow your roll, Philip. And he says, have the people sit down. Andrew comes up with, you know, five loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And he's kind of like, I don't know what you're going to do with this. It's not very much. And Jesus proceeds to feed everyone, and not only feed them, but have leftovers. But what's fascinating about this is not so much that it happened, because that is still a fascinating thing. It's fascinating whenever we read about God's abundance in his care for his people. But it is the fact that it was not the first time that God had showed up to feed his people and then gave them more than they even thought they had to start with. Elisha's story is a story about people who are waiting for God to act. They are waiting for God to be present in the middle of what they're dealing with. They've been at war for a very long time with a country called Aram. They have had multiple instances of high taxes and very difficult kings. All the things that Samuel had warned them would happen when they got kings have happened, and now they're having all kinds of challenges because of it. And Elisha has this group of prophets that he's sort of taking care of. And God feeds them. And part of the reason that we have this story about Elisha is because it is a foreshadow of Jesus. It is a foreshadow of who Jesus is going to be. And the fact that here it is, Elisha feeds 100 people with 20 loaves of bread, which isn't that hard to imagine working out and even having some leftovers. And Jesus feeds 5,000 with five loaves of bread. It is a picture of God at work in someone's life for Elisha, but it is a picture of Jesus as God working in the lives of his people. Jesus is able to do more because Jesus is not only a prophet. Jesus is not only serving God. Jesus is not only filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, but Jesus is also God. And Jesus has the ability to provide for his people, and provide for his people in abundance. Throughout the history of Israel, and we'll read more about different things that happen throughout as we continue our series. The kings come into power And they disobey and the people of Israel move further and further and further away from God's intention and God says even in the middle of that I will provide and I will provide more than you have a reason to expect God is faithful That's the message of 1 Kings and the message of 2 Kings and the message of all of Scripture. But not only is God faithful, but God also, where he provides, God provides in abundance. And we can see that in the story of Elisha, and we can see that in the story of Jesus, and we can see that in our own lives. When we are faithful... And we follow, God provides. You know, we have and are having conversations about all of the things that we need here at our church. And I think about how often we look at the things that we need and we miss the things that we have. As I was talking about this morning, one of the things that I appreciate about Lisa is that whenever we have a conversation or whenever I'm feeling maybe a little bit discouraged or not quite sure of what we're going to do next, we can have a conversation and things start to turn. I like to think I do the same thing for her sometimes as well. (laughs) But it's also because... When we're in that place, what's happening is is we're seeing only the need. And we're forgetting all of God's provision. We're forgetting the things that we have already gotten. And when we begin to see those things again, and we see God's provision, we realize that what we have is not so much scarcity. It is not so much a little bit but it is a little bit that God can do much with. And that's the picture of God's love here. It's a reminder to all of us that God was planning from the beginning what was going to happen in the redemption of his people. So many hundreds of years before Jesus, Elisha fed a hundred people so that when the people saw what Jesus did, they would recognize what that meant. And in Jesus' day, he fed 5,000 people with the little bit that they had. And it's interesting to me that in both of these stories, the bread that they served came from outside. Someone outside of the group that was part of uh, the inner circle provided for them, gave what they had, and then God blessed it and God used it and God made it for them enough and then some. We don't have very much, but what we do have, if we give it over, if we give it over to God, God will use it, and God will make it abundant for our needs. It is just what God does. Over and over again, every single time we trust, we can see God at work. And so I'll remind you again this week of what it looks like to say that the love of God is found in every page of scripture. And I hope that as I read this to you every week, that you are hearing all of the ways in which we can see God at work in our lives. Because God's love is not a passive love. God's love is not a love that stands off from a distance. God's love is an active love, a love at work in us. And so as I read this, It is a reminder that God has been at work throughout history, throughout time, showing us over and over again how much God loves. And what does it mean to say God loves? God loved us enough to create us, to form us from the dust. God loved us enough to let us fail To let us choose our own way over God's. To let us chain ourselves to sin and defeat and heartbreak and sorrow and death. God loved us enough to provide a rescue, a way back, through wanderers, murderers, adulterers, defaulters, promise breakers, foreigners, strangers, and lovers. God loved us enough to show us mothers, judges, kings, and prophets who loved and spoke for God and kept reminding us of the promise of redemption. God loved us enough to show us how evil and wrong continually mess things up and how obedience to God fosters holiness and bestows blessing. God loved us enough to send us Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, to preach and live peace, grace, hope, joy, and love. God loved us enough to see Jesus rejected, to see him die, to see him buried. God loved us enough to raise Jesus from the dead and send the Holy Spirit to remind us of all we have in him and empower us to live like him. God loved us enough to want us to live like Jesus, an abundant life, infused with all the work of all the fruit of the spirit redeemed free loved god loved us enough to still let us choose our destiny god loved us enough to promise the hope of forever of resurrection from the dead and judgment god loved us enough god loves us enough god will always love us enough for God so loved the world, God loves you. God wants you to know it. God wants you to live in it. God wants you to be able to love others because you know you are loved. And God's love is expressed to us every week, most tangibly, as we gather at this table. The son who died and yet lives gave everything so we could know the depth of God's love. So come, drink the wine, eat the bread. Know you are loved. God loves you. Go, love the world with him.